Many times we're wondering, to feel or not to feel? Should I express my emotions, should I not? This is a dilemma for many centuries, but it particularly got very complicated nowadays because of all the experiences that we have had, because of the psychological methodologies that are emerging, because of the online world, when now we can hear and get plugged into news and social media feeds and whatnot. So it is really important to ponder and really reflect on that. And this is part two in this series on emotions. When I'm talking about emotions, about suppression versus catharsis, when I'm talking about the impact on emotions on our cognition and our thoughts, but also on our body sensations, and also the impact that it has on our identity and our true self level. And what can we learn from psychological methodologies, from science, from the medical science, and also from spiritual tradition and Christianity and mindfulness in ways to help and held our emotions in a way that can be more beneficial. And if you don't know me, I'm Dr. Yuan Apoba from Team for the Soul. And I love the intersection between science, psychology, spiritual care, Christian faith. Because of my background, I've been swimming in all these worlds for many decades now, initially as a physician, then as a psychiatrist, and then a life coach, also training internal family system and psychosynthesis, and also spiritual care, non-denominational, and just my master in theological studies. So trying to bring those conversations and finding bridges among them has been my passion. And I'm here to bring this conversation in part two is expressing emotions at the fullest really helpful. So let's dive right in. Right until 70s and 80s in 20th century, boy, that seems a long time ago. Born in 20th century, that seems like for eternity. Joke aside, in the 70s and 80s, up until then, there was this belief that maybe expressing emotions to the fullest, especially in the therapy world, it's going to bring benefits. It kind of made sense, right? After centuries and centuries of repression and suppression, finally starting to learn about how the humans are working and also starting to have some research around emotions and also a lot of experience through the therapeutical practices, it became paramount to to really think through this and say, well, maybe the opposite can be true. Maybe we should express, maybe catharsis, this was the term that was used, is really beneficial. Until research showed that actually catharsis and just expressing, especially unpleasant emotions or what we might call negative emotions, such as anxiety and anger, actually are counterproductive. And they did research showing, and they did some interesting studies with in, uh, researching engineers that were able to express frustration and use cathartic methods, like you know, just sharing about their frustration. Even some of the techniques were, you know, punch a pillow. It showed that actually anger breeds more anger. That the more we express and we just ride the wave and we're fully identify with that emotion, the more it grows. It actually did not go down. So surprisingly, or maybe not, there was a movement towards, well, wait a minute, just expression alone might not be so helpful. And mindfulness techniques have been, and which is started as a spiritual tradition in the East, 
really pinpoint to the sense of when we are aware, there's a sense of detachment from our emotions, not like we're suppressing them, but we're noticing the wave of them has brought in the sense of there is another way, which I'll unpack more in another episode. So in a certain sense, staying fully in our emotions and allowing them fully to grab a hold of us without any witnessing, without any sense of control, what it does to us, it first of all, depletes the body, nervous system. It's a lot of energy moving through our bodies. And number two, it really stimulates a natural process that we have, which is cognition, our thinking. Our brain is kind of like a storytelling machine. We tell stories, we give meaning all day long and with good reasons. Like thoughts are really helpful. The psychological term for this is appraisal. Through our thinking, we appraise, we evaluate our circumstances. And that in turn can really impact and help our emotions to modulate. So for example, if I see a real tiger, well, I better run. (laughs) I better run or I don't even know what needs to happen if I would be to see a tiger. But just hypothetically, right? But if I see a tiger on a screen, on a computer screen, I might get a primordial response right away of like fight or flight. But then my thinking comes online and say, wait a minute, this is on the screen. It's not real, real danger. So thoughts are extremely helpful. But to a point, like anything else in our bodies, everything, any organ is helpful, but in balance, the same is with our thoughts and our emotions when they're in balance. Our thoughts sometimes can escalate emotions. So sometimes the stories that we say, our conditions are related to our past, and that in effect will make our emotions even more intense. And I've seen that with people. We, We get into those escalating processes where actually our thoughts are not very helpful. We're making more and more stories and more and more reasons why I've been wronged by other people and why they should apologize or they should fix this and that. And in a certain sense, it only increases our emotional reactivity. And the most subtle change that I've seen by fully allowing us to embody our emotions 100% is when we start believing the stories we're saying to ourselves because of these emotions and they change us at an identity level. So I'll give you some examples. Let's say that I get frustrated and angered and I starting to create the story that things always, bad things happen to me. I might move into a position of victimhood, kind of deep down thinking everyone is wrong and they're having something against me. And that's not a good identity to have. And it's sometimes happened in explicit ways, but sometimes it's deep down in an unconscious, subconscious. And I'm a witness to that because most people have kind of a victim part and I've identified in myself, but this is one of the conditionings and one of those side effects of expressing emotions and believing the stories that they're saying. Another example of believing stories 
they might not be so helpful. If the emotions are constantly allowed to be expressed, we might draw the conclusion, oh, I'm just an emotional person. It's so terrible. I can never be stable. And that is not a good identity to have either. Other stories that can come in is that maybe we're helpless or hopeless, or there is something wrong with me, or that I'm ashamed all, all the time because there's something terrible happening to me. And those feelings and stories will reinforce different patterns, which are not necessarily always helpful. And my last example has to do with a phenomenon that we've all seen with the online different platforms and social media platforms, especially after COVID, after everyone all of a sudden hopped on the online world and discovered forums and different social media platforms that although on some level we're all entitled to our opinion, what is happening is that sometimes people express their opinion fully embodying their emotions and their stories and that coupled with a social dynamic and that in itself might not be a problem but magnify that but hundreds and thousands and ten thousands of people that might come on the online platform the emotions then are like a fire that just starts exploding and starts firing up this is a phenomenon described in social psychology when we are in groups those emotions are literally spreading like wildfire and we have seen that in the news, in the social media, the polarities that have been plaguing our experiences online. So if suppression is not a solution, if expressing and catharsis is not the solution, then what? What do we do with that? We'll unpack that in the next episodes, but before we go there, I want to really bring some nuances by the intersection of feelings and thoughts and feelings and body to really understand why it can be problematic, but also what the solution could be. So with that, I hope to see you in the next episode. And until next time, I say goodbye for now.